previously on Wove Inspiration. Well, um, what I've learned, um, I've actually uh, have have a greater uh, a greater appreciation for what they do because mm-hmm. um, I do ride alongs and different things of that nature. Okay. Um, but what I what I've learned in this process is that it is important that we build some type of relationship with people in order to earn trust. Yes. That's whether you go into the prison system, different areas, uh, you have to earn trust. This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration's Monday Morning Motivation, and I am so excited to have this special guest on my show today. Her name is Gina Human. She is a true Renaissance woman. She is a wife, mother, architect, designer, instructor, author, speaker, and adoptive uh, advocate, the adoption advocate. She and her husband Aaron adopted Landry in 2001 from Guatemala and then went back to, uh, to get Maddox three years later. Gina's love of learning and dedication as a mother inspired her research of different treatments and therapies that eventually led to this inspirational success story. The book is called Love Never quits. And I am so excited that she is going to share a lot of good information about reactive attachment disorder. So welcome to the show, Gina. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and your family. Sure. Uh, My husband and I got married uh, a long, long time ago and uh, tried to have kids, you know, shortly after we got married and it took about four years of infertility treatments and we had no success. So we decided to, that we were meant to adopt from Guatemala. So we went to Guatemala, got our first baby. He was easy and adorably cute. And um, we spent three years in this blissful new family and decided that we were just really good parents. Our kid was really well behaved. And then we decided to go back and get another one. Well, Maddox was um, neglected by his foster mom before we got him. And he came to us angry. So he was six months old when we got him, but we discovered he he was uh he didn't sleep at night he cried all the time he was very fussy he was like diving across the table for food we had a very strong feeling he was neglected and therefore um it kind of led to this long journey that became a reactive attachment disorder for the longest time we didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. so we just um you know kept trying different things and for years, my pediatrician didn't even take me seriously. She, you know, con- continued to say, oh, no, it's just terrible twos. No, it's terrible threes. And they can sometimes last into the fours. And, you know, I was finally like, you know, I have another kid who's well-behaved. So mm-hmm. it can't just be terrible twos. I've already lived through this once. It's, it's different. Something is wrong. And begging and pleading, you know, the fact that he didn't sleep at all, 
we begged for a sleep test and uh it I think it took me probably two years before she would give me one. Wow. And when she did, she said she determined that he was awake I think eight times an hour. They looked at his tonsils and his adenoids and they said, Oh yes, he definitely needs to have those removed. Um he has sleep apnea. Things should be better after that. So we thought it was just a sleep issue. Okay. Um after that, things didn't improve. We uh, begged for a child psychiatrist. He spent about five minutes, I'm not kidding, five minutes um, assessing my son and said, oh, clearly he has ADD. Here's some medicine. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how our, our journey started. And wow. he, in fact, does not have ADHD at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then over the years, they kept trying different medicines. They thought he was bipolar. Then they thought he had ODD. So there was a long, drawn-out process until he. We didn't get the rat diagnosis until he was almost ten. Okay. So you know that's a long time of of living in this horrifying place. Now yeah. he was he was angry. He was violent. Um, you know, if you put him in timeout in his room. He would trash the whole room. He would, mm-hmm. you know, destroy whatever was in his path. He would throw, you know, throw things across the room, throw the lamp across the room, throw the chair across the room. At one point, he actually took all the pictures off the wall and smashed them on the ground, and there was glass everywhere. Wow. And that's when I was like, all right, this is really serious. Something yeah. really wrong is yeah. happening. And, um, you know, we just we just kept pushing for more answers, and they weren't that forthcoming. I have to tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I'm curious because I mean, as as I, I work in the field as well, and I get a lot of individuals that tell me that you know I've had my child diagnosed, and they've said it's this and that and this and that, and they really wasn't able to pinpoint exactly what the situation was. So how did they, how was it determined that he had um, RAD? You know, it was actually an intern. <laughs> we were working with a therapy group and we, we really didn't have a lot of money at this point because we had thrown so much money into medications and treatments and therapies. And a lot of this wasn't covered by insurance. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were trying to cut corners wherever we could well, this therapy group we were working with, we were going to these group therapy classes for, for kids that had um, anger issues, you know, to kind of teach them anger management techniques. And this lady that ran the groups, she had an intern working with her, and she said, you know, if you're interested, maybe you could do some some extra sessions with him because he's an intern. He'll be a lot less expensive, but mm-hmm. he's also younger, and he was a Hispanic guy. Um and an army veteran. And my son was just like, oh my God, in awe of him because he loved the army. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's Hispanic. So he was kind of a role model. And that was a great relationship for a while. And he, he used to take my son on walks. You know, they would walk up to McDonald's and get an ice cream cone or they would walk to the park and, you know, have some time playing. And he did therapy along the way, which was really nice because yeah. my son didn't really realize it was therapy then. Right, right. And, Mike was just a school friend of his, you know, so, so at that point, at that point, um, after a couple of sessions with him, he said, you know, I've been reading about this reactive attachment disorder. Have you ever heard of it? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, let me send you a couple articles because I think this might be what Maddox has. 
And sure enough, I read the articles. It felt like he had been in my at my house. You know, like all the articles were exactly what we were going through. Right. And I said, yeah, I think you're on to something. And then over the years, we had two other therapists that, that confirmed his diagnosis. So, okay. you know, we finally thought, figured out this is what it is. Yeah. But even at that time, there wasn't a lot of information about what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took us still several years before we came upon the therapy that eventually led to our success story. Okay. So my son is now doing amazing. <laughs> okay. And I would say he's a rad survivor. Awesome. Awesome. And how old is he now? He's 15. 15. And he's in a regular high school now. He's got friends. He's not angry anymore. There's no more calls from the school. It's, it's pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, we went through rock bottom about the end of sixth grade. At that point, he was um, he was kicked out of his middle school. We had to go to a different school that had sort of a therapeutic environment, mm-hmm. which at the beginning, I was really angry. I was like, you know, this <clears throat> you're just sending him to the, the bad kid school, you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to get any help there. But when I got there, I realized it was, really was a great place for him. Mm-hmm. They had um, 10 to 12 kids per class instead of 35, which is what he had in his other school. Yeah. Um, it was much smaller. They did a lot of, um, what do you call it, uh, kinesthetic learning, you know, where they're outside and they're doing experiential things. It was it was really a lot of fun. I mean, it was the kind of school I would love to go to because you don't have to yeah. sit still. You can go outside. They went outside and did science in the garden and they went on hikes and they uh, learned how to rock climb and studied geology out on in the actual rocks. Um, They went, they did improv classes for English, you know, they would act out the different scenes and he just had a blast there. They also had a social worker on staff. They had a therapy dog. They did yoga and meditation. So it was a much calmer environment than the regular school. And we thought he might stay there for high school, but as it turns out, he, by that point, he had he was a little bit healed, okay. and he felt he was ready to go to a regular school, and he so desperately wanted to be in the marching band. So we gave it a shot last year, and now he's doing amazing. So. Wow, wow. And sometimes it's just um, finding that niche that, that the child has or that, that specific um, gift that they have. I have a friend of mine who um, her son, um, I think he's maybe nine now, and he's on the um, autism spectrum. And mm-hmm. um, but super, super intelligent. Oh my gosh, this dude here, he is phenomenal. But of course, he has his moments in school. And one of the things that was very frustrating uh, frustrating for my friend was that she would have, um, have to go back and forth to school because for whatever reason, the teachers did not know how to handle him, even if it was uh, a special needs teacher. So did you have to go through that type of experience as well? Um, in the younger days of your son? Oh, absolutely. Um, about fifth grade was when he took a turn. And I think it was maybe the start of puberty, you know, when the hormones weren't 
starting to spike. Yeah. That's kind of when we, we took a turn for the worse. And in fifth grade, I think every single day he would make himself throw up and end up in the nurse's office. He had mm-hmm. anxiety so bad and he could make himself throw up if there was a test or if there was a kid bullying him or if there was, you know, just about anything. He would lock himself in the bathroom. I, I don't think he learned a single thing in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, and every day the school would call me and they'd say, you have to come pick him up because he threw up. And I was like, well, okay, but he's not sick. You realize he's not sick. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to keep coming to pick him up? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was frustrating. And I was just going to ask you, because I know, I know what my friend, she has her moments. It's like, uh, I don't know what to do, or it's just so overwhelming for her. Now she's a she's a single parent, so um, you you have someone that um, is able to help you during those really hard times. But let's be real how how was it for you when first of all when you initially discovered that there was maybe some issues with your son when you initially adopted him, and then you know coming up to the point where it's like overwhelming for you. How was it for you and your husband? Oh, it was terrible. I mean, yeah. I, I'm very lucky that my husband and I are, have always been on the same page, you know, like yeah, we always yeah. felt like, well, it's him and I versus the kids, you know, where we're going to, we're going to solve this together and we're going to be united. So I'm very lucky about that. Cause I know a lot of rad parents end up divorced because mm-hmm. they just can't, agree on how to do this. My husband's always very open. I do a lot of research and I'm like, oh, honey, this is what we should try. And he's like, okay, if you think it's going to work, let's try it. (laughs) So at least he's open about that. I don't know how single parents do this at all. But even so, I mean, I spent many days crying on the floor of the bathroom because I could not figure out how to control my kids. And, you know, you go out you look on Facebook and everybody's life is so perfect and mine just seemed to be unraveling <laughs> and I couldn't figure out, you know, oh, Jay, all these other kids have straight A's and they're doing so well and they're winning all these awards. And I'm like, I'm just hoping my kid doesn't end up in prison someday. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So um, did you have um, any other support outside of um, your husband? Were there any support groups that were um, being able to help you as well? Um, not exactly. I, I've been part of a support group online since before we had kids. Um, it was like an infertility support group. And then some of us ended up adopting, some of us ended up getting pregnant, and we're all still friends like 20 years later. Oh, so cool. I could vent to them in this private group a little bit, but nobody really had the experience. Mm-hmm. Now I've discovered there's all kinds of rad support groups out there, but I don't think they existed back when I was really in the thick of it. Yeah. So um, support groups are so important. Um, we lost a lot of friends along the way because, you know, when your kid destroys their house or, you right, know, yeah. misbehaves in public, they're like, yeah, we're not going to hang out with them anymore. So, <laughs> and of course, everybody thinks it's a parenting problem. You know, oh, they don't discipline their kids the way we do, or they don't, you know, follow the diet that we do. So mm-hmm. everybody has a judgment and an opinion and, I wasn't doing any of it right, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's and it seems like though now that um, spe- specifically with when it comes to autism, people are really starting to understand 
that the, you know, some of the reactions that the kids have when they're in public, um, they, they, they're now getting it, they're, they're understanding it's not the, the child being disrespectful or anything like that. It's just, this is what they're dealing with. Um, I know with my friend, she has to um, inform some of the staff sometimes when we go out to eat that, you know, hey, my, my son is autistic, you know, there's certain noises that may affect him and everything. And for the most part, they've been understanding, but of course not everybody is that, that patient and understanding. So it's still a lot of uh, educating that needs to be done. I mean, overall, when it comes to mental health and everything. So, and getting the uh, stigma, Getting rid of the stigma, it's, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So. And my son wasn't a bad kid. I mean, when, when he wasn't raging, he was normally, you know, a pretty nice kid. But then there was, you know, as he got older, things got more challenging. He started stealing and lying and, you know, spinning out of control. And, and he actually ended up in the juvenile assessment center in handcuffs for kicking a teacher. And that was the end of sixth grade. And that was the point I was actually in the juvenile assessment center picking up my kid and they determined he had reactive attachment disorder. I said, okay, okay no kidding. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they said, they, I said, what can you do for me? I said, I need help with this. Nobody is helping me. Mm-hmm. And the lady at the Jack said, oh, well, here's, um, here's a list of therapists. And I said, do you know how many therapists I've seen over the years? I've been to individual therapy, parenting classes, group therapy, um, in-home therapy, where somebody comes to your house and like follows you around and gives you advice while you're in the thick of it. That's really weird, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get done group therapy. I mean, everything you can imagine, we tried. Mm-hmm. Art therapy. Um, and, and I was like, I'm at my wit's end over therapy because nobody's helping us. And mm-hmm. the lady said, well, all, this is all I can do is give you this list. And from the next room, a young girl says, hey, excuse me, I have an idea. And I was like, I will take whatever ideas you have. So mm-hmm. it turns out she was an intern studying social work or psychology. And her friend was doing an internship with a guy um, that's an expert in reactive attachment disorder. And she said, well, if you want, I can get his number. And I'm like, yes, please. Wow. So okay. I ended up calling him on the way home. Uh, we talked for like an hour and a half. He was mm-hmm. the nicest guy in the world and he really seemed to get it. Yeah. And I knew just talking to him that like he was the ticket, he was going to help us. So yes. we went and did a two week family intensive therapy with him. Mm-hmm. And it was just life changing. And at the time, you know, we went through it. It was hard. We saw some breakthroughs. But when we finished, he was still raging and still having some issues. And, you know, I was convinced it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But what we didn't realize, because we see him every day and we live with him, was that his rage incidents were getting less. Mm -hmm. They were getting fewer and further between. And we didn't notice it because we were just like, oh, he's still doing this. Oh, he's still doing this. Right. But at Christmas, about six months later, we went to see my family and my family commented how different he was, how calm he was, how much more, you know, interactive he was with with them. And at that point, we started to notice it. And 
And then probably another six months later, we were like, when was the last time he broke something? And we couldn't come up with it. And I was like, I said to my husband, Shh, you're going to jinx it. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it turned out, you know, he, he was healing and that was yeah. just amazing. That's awesome. So through this journey, you wrote a book entitled Love Never Quits. Tell me about mm-hmm. the book. Um, so it's basically the story I've been telling you. It's the story of how our family came to be and our whole journey through the reactive attachment disorder process through his healing and how well he's doing today. And I think it's just such an amazing inspirational story because rad kids very rarely have success stories and there aren't many out there and i figured Mm -hmm. when when we actually had a success story i was going to share it and try to help others get to the same point we were um i came up on so many roadblocks over the years and so long it took us to get our diagnosis that my goal right now is to really just educate the public um try to get some better mental health coverage in the world, mm-hmm. um, get people to catch it earlier so they know what to look for. So I'm really trying to, to help all the other rad warriors out there. Yeah, yeah. So what suggestions can you offer to a parent that may be listening to this that they're like, I don't know what's going on with my child. I have we have gone to therapists, we have gone to psychiatrists. And, you know, just as you said, you, you went through everything and you still uh-huh. wasn't, it took a lot of digging and searching and crying and, <laughs> and everything <laughs> just to find out exactly what um, is going on with your, with your son. So what suggestions can you offer to individuals that may actually be at this point right now? Um, I would say, first of all, trust your gut. Like, you know, when something's not right and the doctor says, here's what it is. And you're like, no, I don't think so. Um, and I was very trusting of the doctors. And I think even though knowing in my gut that this wasn't right, I still Mm -hmm. felt like, um, you know, well, I should trust them because they're experts, but I think trusting your gut is really important. Also, just never giving up, getting a second opinion, trying to mm-hmm. reach out to as many people as you can. And now that there's support groups out there, I think that's really helpful as well, talking to other parents who are in the trenches with you and can give you advice on how to deal with things. Yeah, yeah. And like like you were saying, the support groups are so important and, and there are a whole lot of different support groups out there. And and also too, and one of the experiences that I've had is that people um that I talk to, they indicate that the doctors are really quick to give out medication. Um, mm-hmm. make sure that there is thorough testing before they just distribute all kinds of medication. Uh, to your child, because a lot of times it's not, it, it, the medication may not work for, for that individual based on their chemical balance. And there's a lot of different um, types of testing that will, you know, you can uh, have your child do um, that will actually determine which, pro, which, um, which drugs work better or which works best for that child versus just throwing drugs out there and say, okay, they have ADHD, let's do this, let's do that. And, and, you know, no, there are, there's plenty of um, different types of testing that are out there that 
can be done uh, for your child that will determine the exact type of medication that works best for them, for sure. Yeah, and and I have to add this right now. After trying probably 13 different medications, Mm -hmm. my son is not on any medicine right now for for any sort of psychiatric condition. He's, he's on thyroid medicine, but that's a whole different story. So That is awesome. Yes, I love to yeah. hear that. I, I don't like yeah. to hear when, you know, kids, especially kids having to take all these different types of medication, they're either super, super hyper or they're super, super sleepy and they're not able to, uh, so sleepy that they're not even able to function or it puts them in a state of depression depression, which then they, there's a more medication given for depression. So there's got to be a different way of doing this. And so exactly. Yeah. So proper testing is definitely needed um, before just starting to distribute a whole bunch of medication. So Mm -hmm. where can someone get your book? Um, It's on amazon.com. It's called love never quits. And they can also go to my website. I have a blog. We talk a lot about reactive attachment disorder and mental illness and things like that. Um, And that's loveneverquitsbook.com. Okay. Okay. And you're on um, all of the social media outlets as well? Oh, yeah. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter, although I don't know how to tweet really, so (laughs) I don't either. Trust me, I'm like, okay, it's there, so. But yeah, I'm, yeah I, I I'm there, but I, I don't look at it really. And then um, uh, what's the other one? Instagram. I have an Instagram as well. So Okay. Okay. Do you have any um, upcoming events or projects that you're currently working on or anything you're going to be working on in the future? Well, I'm working on an audio book right now for the people that don't like to read actual pages. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I read a lot in the car. So like I have someone read to me while okay. I'm driving. <laughs> Um, so I'm working on the audiobook, hoping to get that out in November. November awesome. is also National Adoption Month, so I'm really hoping to get some, um, get the word out in November. Maybe do some, um, get some press. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing a book signing at my local um, bookstore here in in Denver. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, Gina, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on my show today. Do you have any last words for the listening audience? I don't think so, but thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to just get the word out there and try to help more kids. Yes, it is definitely good information. And I know that all of the information that you've shared today is going to make a difference in someone's life. And they're, they now that they know that there is plenty of support Uh, for this particular disorder and or any other information that's out there, you can definitely find um, on the World Wide Web. And so thank you so much, Gina, for being on the show today. Thank you. Have a great day. You're welcome. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration's Monday Morning Motivation. You guys have an awesome day. God bless. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Wove Inspiration. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at W-O-V-E Inspiration. If you want to leave a comment or question, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at W-O-V-E Inspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope everyone has an awesome day and keep moving forward.